Hi guys, this is Fiona and welcome to the IELTS Exam Training Courses podcast, which is brought to you by the Members Academy. This week, I've been really busy with the speaking challenge, which started on November the 1st. It's not too late to join that. In fact, it's never too late to start learning, is it? So do come and join us in the challenge. Uh, if you're not sure what it is exactly, it's very, very simple. On Instagram and Facebook, every day I post one uh, IELTS, typical IELTS question for the speaking test. And all you have to do is answer it. You can do it in your own time. Uh, there's no pressure to do anything, in fact. But um, hopefully by being in the group and in the challenge, you'll feel more motivated to get more practice done. Um, a lot of people are already seeing how much it has helped them. It's given them a kind of focus. And I've asked people to record themselves. That's a very important part of it. Um, and then to listen back to that recording and make the recording as many times as you want until you're happy with it. Um, if you want to get some feedback or share ideas, I've also suggested that you could post that recording in the Facebook group. The Facebook group is called simply IELTS Speaking Challenge. So come and join us there. Uh, people are still quite shy. I don't blame them. But the people who have posted, actually, I've got two very keen members in my members academy. So I'd like to say hello to Alim Shan and Pau. They've posted every day. And just from listening to theirs, I found so many useful ideas. You know, they're high level speakers. Um, so they they what they've got to share is really useful for everybody. Um so that's what I would like to happen ideally but if you would if you do, if you would prefer not to do that if if you're not happy about that that's absolutely fine it's really a self study course um there is a kind of progress log that you can print off so if you go to my website there should be a little pop up that comes on the screen and when you put your email in it will send you the progress log or you can go to instagram and look in my bio and that again will send you the progress log. And the idea is that you just fill that in every day and you tick that you've done it so that you can see your progress. Um, and just an example of how it can help you is that you're just activating language that's in your brain anyway. I'm not asking you to do anything special, but by activating it, when the exam comes, that language will be just so much more readily available for you to access. So a quick example today, I did the one about have you ever been abroad? No, have you ever travelled by yourself? Um, and I told the story about when I went to um, Kyoto in Japan by myself. Um, and the first time I did it, I did the recording three times. The first time I did it, um, I wasn't happy with it. Um, and I talked about going on the train. And then the second time I remembered, well, it's a bullet train. You know, that's the name of the train. So even using that kind of vocabulary would have got me an instantly higher score, believe it or not. But, you know, that 
that was 20 years ago I went on the bullet train. So I had forgotten, but now it's been activated. It's it's kind of much, you know, closer to the tip of your tongue, as they say. So that has been a huge bonus about the uh, writing challenge. And also the other thing is um, today I was reading a British Council um, Facebook post and it had five tips about the speaking test and I'd, I'd never seen it before. It was a coincidence. But the first tip was practice by yourself um, to, to practice speaking at length now, remember, in the speaking descriptors, which you can get if you just Google IELTS band descriptors, for a seven, you have to be able to speak at length um, without effort. And this is what is helping people a lot, is this training themselves to speak um, without any effort and at length, extending your answers. That was my aim. Some people have asked me, can they do it for two minutes? Yes, brilliant. Do it for two minutes. Fine. Absolutely. Whatever helps you the most, you know. Um, so that was tip number one was practice by yourself at home. Tip number two on the British Council website was record yourself, which is exactly what I'm saying, because that's where you'll hear things that you can improve. Um, tip number three, and this is a really important one, is how to choose the right tense when you're answering the question. Um, so the question I've chosen just for this week only, for the first seven days, I've chosen a present perfect question. Um, and I've chosen that because people find it difficult to answer. Um, sorry, I had to stop there. There was a knock on the door. Right. So where was I? I was talking about present perfect. So the question is, you know, have you ever been on holiday by yourself? So you know, short answer, of course. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, so remember to answer the question exactly as you heard it. So have you ever? Yes, I have. Or no, I haven't. Um, but we're talking about extending your answers. And so if you've answered a question with yes, I have or no, I haven't, well, then the tense will depend on what you're going to say next. So you might want to say I've traveled by myself lots of times, present perfect again. But then if you're going to be specific about a time when you traveled by yourself, of course, that will be um, past perfect. Uh, past simple, sorry, past simple. Although there is a lot of past perfect that comes into it, I must say. Um, you know, yesterday we had an example of somebody said, I think they when they lost their phone, they said they didn't realize that the phone had fallen from their pocket. So anyway, that's a different topic. That's past simple, past perfect. We'll come back to that. Um, yeah, so basically listen to the question very carefully. That will help you decide on the tense when you choose to answer it. Okay, so moving on. Um, today I'm going to talk about uh, reading and it's a general training reading. I have actually published this um, on my website today. So it is there. And I chose it because when I tried it myself, I got two of the answers wrong. And was I doing it too fast? I don't know. But when I checked, I actually thought that the book was wrong. Um, but now I can see why um, it was right and I was wrong. 
So I thought this would be a really good experience for us. Um, it is general training. So the topic is related to work and it's actually called negotiating a pay rise. Um, but whatever you're doing, academic or general, this the, the skills of true, false, not given are essential skills. Um, and I think what you will do in this reading is have to read it very closely and see why it's true, false or not given. So it's quite short, actually. It's one of those part one, you know, part one is divided into two different readings. So this is actually quite short. Um, and it talks about how to negotiate a pay rise, basically. Um, I'm not going to talk you through the whole thing. Let's have a look at the questions. Okay, so the question's 15 to 20. Um, 15 says, a mistake equally common across all types of employee is the premature acceptance of the first offer of a pay rise. Okay, so it says all types of employee, all of them prematurely accept the first offer. Premature, well, as we know, too early um, and they accept it when they could possibly have got more. And it says this is equally common across all types. Now, whenever I see a word like all, that's that's danger alarm for me because all is usually too extreme. It's usually we can't find the answer because it doesn't say how many types of employee or it, it's the opposite. It's not all types. All is almost like too extreme. It would say 100% every single type um, always accepts the offer. Well, that's a bit extreme. So that would kind of ring alarm bells for me. Question 16 says employees can become demoralized despite having a pay rise. So a bit of vocabulary we need to know here. Demoralized, you can probably guess, is a negative meaning. Um, oh, yeah, demoralized, when you become kind of upset and depressed or you don't want to work hard anymore. And But the the keyword is despite having a pay rise, even though you did actually get a rise, you still feel demoralized. Well, I instantly thought that was false, but obviously I was, well, we'll see. <laughs> Question 17. Many people are unsuccessful in salary discussions because of poor research. Well, again, if I was guessing, I would say yes, probably People don't do enough research, do they? They walk into the interview and hope for the best. Well, I would. Um, so I would guess that would be um, true, but we'll see. Question 18. It is important to be clear what pay rise is expected at the beginning of the no negotiation. Again, I would say, yes, that's true. Um, you know, if you've got a, a pay rise in mind, then that should be clear at the start. We'll see. Question 19. A negotiation could include a discussion of other benefits as well as salary. I would say yes again, wouldn't you? You don't have to only discuss salary. You could discuss more holidays or something. 
And question 20, you should avoid a pay negotiation when the employment market is not strong. Well, I would say yes again. It's not a good time to um, look for other jobs, I suppose. So it's not a good time to ask for a pay rise. All right, so let's just have a look at the text. And you'll be happy to know that everything comes in complete and exact order. Um, the first paragraph is just an introduction. There are no answers here. The introduction says that it's the, one of the hardest discussions they have is about a raise in pay. Notice just by the way, I've put this into the vocabulary section. The title says a pay rise, but the first line says a raise in pay. And I've checked this. I thought it was wrong, but American English is a raise, a pay raise. Please tell me if you think that's wrong, if you're in America. Um, I would say a pay rise, and this article seems to use both. Um, the introduction also says employees actually rather look for a better paid position within another company rather than face their own boss. Um, and this can have a negative impact on the employee who's seen to lack loyalty and the employer who might lose a trained staff member who works well and has a good knowledge of the company. However, there are some salary negotiation tactics that might just help. So that's the introduction. So our first question is coming up now. And it's talking about the mistakes that people make. The most common error is when finally gathering the courage to address the situation, many employees simply accept, immediately accept whatever offer is first made. Research shows that younger job seekers and female job seekers often make this mistake either from not completely understanding the negotiation process or from a dislike or discomfort with the idea of negotiating. Okay, so that was our first question. We wanted to know if this affects all, that was the key word, all types of employees, the premature acceptance of the first offer. Well, it doesn't say it affects all. It says many employees um, especially younger job seekers and female, but not all employees. So that question number one is false, or question 15, it is false because it only affects many employees um, and it's only specifically younger ones and female ones, apparently. Okay, question number two we were looking for, employees can become demoralised despite having a pay rise. So, uh, do, 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 do. where does that come? Right, okay. Um, right, there is, oh, it's in the same paragraph, sorry. There is, of course, the financial aspect of not receiving a higher compensation. But more importantly, this can have a significant effect on motivation and morale and can eventually lead an employee who hastily accepted an inadequate offer to begin to resent both the job and the employer. 
So we can see there that an employee who accepted an offer, who actually did get a pay rise, would begin to resent the job and the employer. And that is therefore true that employees can become demoralised despite having a pay rise. Even though they got a pay rise, they still feel resentful because they thought it was not enough, inadequate. Question 17, we're looking for that many people are unsuccessful because of poor research. Now here there is a trick. It, the text says, one of the key factors in a successful salary negotiation is research and preparation. So it does say, yes, it's a key factor, but it does not say that many people are unsuccessful because of poor research. We don't know. Again, we've got this quantity, many people. But in the text, there's no mention of how many people are unsuccessful. So the answer is not given. Question 18 says, it is important to be clear what pay rise is expected at the beginning. So again, we go down through the paragraphs. Um, where does it say? Okay. Um, so if we go down through the paragraphs, it says, also, if possible, the actual figure aimed for in the negotiation should not be revealed until the last possible moment, giving as much flexibility as possible. Immediately blurting out a figure, it then becomes clear the company will not meet puts both the employer and the employee in an uncomfortable position. So there you go. The advice says that you should not be clear at the beginning. The actual figure should not be revealed until the last possible moment. So question 18 is false. Question 19 says a negotiation could include a discussion of other benefits as well as salary. So it says there are two points to consider at this juncture. A raise can also come in the form of other benefits such as better health cover. So if the money offered is low, think about discussing the perks of the job. Um, so there you go. Yes, the perks, synonym for benefits. Um, a raise can also come in the form of other benefits. It's got the exact word there and it also gives you an example of health cover and it mentions talking about the perks. So the answer for 19 is true. Last one, question 20 says you should avoid a pay negotiation when the employment market is not strong. So let's see what it says about the employment market. It says the second point is that you have to be realistic. If the market, if the job market is low and the company is not having a particularly outstanding year, you may have to accept a lower offer. However, if this is the case, it is common to request a review of the salary 
at a time in the not too distant future. So there's nothing about the fact that you should avoid a negotiation. Um, in fact, it doesn't, yeah, it just says be realistic. It doesn't mention anything about the, when the employment market is not strong. It does not say that. So the answer for 20 is not given. Okay, so I would just like to have a quick look at some of the vocabulary from there, which I've added at the bottom of the um, um, the lesson on my website. And it just says, okay, we've got, we've talked about raise and rise. Um, so as nouns, apparently they are the same in British and American English. The difference is in the verb. So for example, you say, and this is what I tell my students to remember, the sun rises in the east. It gets up by itself. It doesn't rise something else. It gets up. Um, so I put a little sun picture on the eye for rise. Um, then I say, okay, everybody raise your hand. If you know the answer, you get this in the IELTS test. It says, if you have a problem, please raise your hand. So raise, you raise something which is uh, transitive. It does not need a direct object. Okay, so how did you find that? If you did the lesson on my website, please uh, leave a comment. Did you get tricked? Did you get all the answers? What did you find difficult? What did you find easy? Um, what kind of vocabulary did you learn from that topic? Um, like perks and benefits? And maybe tell us something. Have you ever asked for a pay rise in your job? How did it go? Was it successful? Have you got any advice? All right. So that's it for today. Thanks. But please do come and join us in the speaking uh, challenge. It's been really useful and really helping people. And we want your input too. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks a lot. See you on Wednesday. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.